0: Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello and welcome to episode number 9 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Today I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on productivity and time management, particularly for us creatives. We all want to be more productive, however the real key is to remember that everyone has unique needs when it comes to maximizing efficiency or productivity. If your goal is to accomplish more in less time, then you need to make the following seven steps the foundation of your week. So number one is know your productivity type. I love that one because I love studying personality types. So that goes into a little bit of that. Um, Number two is discover your peak energy time. Number three is get yourself a simple kitchen timer. Number four, make friends with your calendar. Number five, batch your tasks and theme your weeks. Number six, schedule your downtime. And seven, review, reconsider, and rework. Just so you know, I'm going to go through the highlights of all those steps. But if you go to DianeFloy.com and sign up for the email list, you get a productivity and time management planner. That's for creative entrepreneurs. So you'll get all the information that I will talk about today, but also some bonus exercises and tips to help you. So each step is essential for helping you learn to manage your time rather than being managed by a lengthy to-do list. So number one is know your productivity type. Are you the type of task-driven person who cannot stand seeing unchecked box on your to-do list? Or are you driven by deadlines and can't seem to get started until a hard deadline is looming on your projects? Knowing your productivity type can help you prioritize your work so you can accomplish more in your day. One of the four productivity types likely applies to you. So number one is the prioritizer. If this is you, you prefer to stick to the facts. You like data, logic, and are exceptional at critical thinking. You are so focused on your tasks, you may not invest much attention or effort on determining how the task is accomplished. As the title implies, you are exceptionally skilled at prioritizing tasks, so you are efficient, and can easily meet deadlines. You can make decisions easily, but often prefer to work alone. On the other side, some of your pet peeves may include daydreaming, idle gossip, missing or incomplete data, vague instructions. A prioritizer is an exceptional worker, even in a team environment. They just don't want to be in charge of the team. Give them their directions and their deadline and let them go to town. Prioritizer artists who work alone can benefit from hiring a creativity coach, like myself, to map out a plan and talk out their goals. Once those goals are set, prioritizers can focus on the smaller tasks leading to those goals. So the number two type is the planner. If this is you, you are a detailed thinker who is always organized and thrives on detailed plans, lists, and order. You are well aware of deadlines and always make a to-do list at the end of your day. Planners are not very spontaneous, however, and may struggle with creative thinking or working outside the box. They may also find it difficult to contribute in team meetings because they need a little more time to think about the topic in depth before contributing ideas or solutions. Planners also have difficulty reprioritizing tasks and don't take change well. Once you figure out your peak energy and how to maximize your use of those hours, you'll be an unstoppable force. You'll know exactly what to do from your list and you'll feel empowered taking advantage of your peak work hours. In a team setting, Planners are key to finishing projects on time. They are the keepers of the schedule and will hold their other team members accountable for meeting their deadlines. Number three is the arranger. You are an emotional being who thrives on working in groups, managing meetings, and creating and selling your ideas. You have a bubbly personality and would cringe at the idea of working alone. You need that personal interaction, and you thrive in a group setting. You are thoughtful and encouraging to others, and excel in team projects or when partnering with another person. A weakness of an arranger is easily getting distracted by chit-chat and struggling to focus on your tasks. Implementing the Pomodoro technique, can greatly help arrangers focus because they know in a short amount of time they can reward themselves by chatting with others. In a team setting, arrangers quickly take control of the group and assign tasks to each team member. They act as the team cheerleader by encouraging other team members and having a positive attitude about the project at hand. Arrangers who work solo tend to rely on social media for their personal interaction. They can also benefit from a shared workspace or working in a coffeehouse where there's constant hum of activity. Number four is the visualizer. If this is you, you're the one who needs to juggle multiple projects at any given time to maintain interest in anything. You're full of ideas and energy to begin projects, but often find completing them to be difficult. You keep a workspace that's nearly as cluttered as your mind, and you love it there. If you have 15 piles of paper on your desk, you know exactly what's in those 15 piles. Visualizers are creative thinkers who are spontaneous. They can easily switch gears on a project and welcome change. Visualizers also see the big picture and tend to focus on the end result as opposed to the smaller tasks which lead to that end result. Working on a team, visualizers can run amok with a project if they aren't reined in. However, they often have brilliant ideas to enhance any project and are quick to mention ideas in a meeting. For visualizers who work solo, batch tasks and theme weeks may help you maintain your focus without growing too bored with the scenery. The better you understand your productivity type, the more tools you can utilize to maximize your potential. And that of your career. So which one are you? I am a proud visualizer. (laughs) The visualizer is me for sure. Always juggling multiple projects and getting bored and thinking of the big picture and getting distracted. I know. whatever. (laughs) But there are positives and negatives of each personality type. Some of these tools will hopefully help you get ahead. Number two is discover your peak energy time. Most people have certain times a day where they have more energy than others. Learning to identify these hours when you're most and least productive can help you arrange your workday so that you accomplish vital tasks when your energy is high and focus on administrative matters during the hours of low efficiency. How do you identify peaks and valleys in your energy? The first step in understanding your peak energy times of day is to observe yourself as you go about your day. During what times do you feel more creative, more energized, and ready to go? Some people have a burst of energy first thing in the morning and can be super productive, but they might lose steam late afternoon or evening. Others need a lot of coffee in the morning and take a while to get going. That is me. That is definitely me, but catch us in the afternoon or evening or even sometimes, you know, two in the morning, whatever. We're maximizing at 100%. If you never paid attention to these peaks and valleys before, start taking note of how you feel during certain parts of the day. How can you capitalize on your peak energy hours? Most energy spikes last approximately 90 minutes. And some people experience two or three peaks and valleys in a 24-hour period. Once you've identified your highs and lows, the key is to tackle the right tasks at the right time. You want to tackle your most demanding tasks during the hours when you have the greatest amount of energy. Then you want to distribute tasks that require less energy during the times when your mental focus is divided and you're more easily distracted. For artists, it's important to note that creativity is often highest in the morning. There was a scientific study of brain circuits, and it confirmed that creative activity is highest during and immediately after sleep, while the analytical parts of your brain become more active as the day goes on. This is important for artists. You might want to schedule your creativity time first thing in the morning, and then you might want to do the administrative stuff later in the afternoon or the stuff that you don't really enjoy as much in your peak energy times. Arranging your tasks according to your peaks and valleys will help you accomplish more in the same amount of time, while also improving the quality of your work. Just a reminder that for additional info and exercises for everything that I'm going through, you can download the Productivity and Time Management Planner for Creatives at dianefoy.com. So, step three is get yourself a kitchen timer. It sounds simple, but the idea can help you carve out extra productivity in your day. It's a tried and true tactic that has helped many professionals accomplish so much more in less time. You may have heard of it. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. And the philosophy behind it is sound. The technique helps you break down monumental tasks into bite-sized pieces. So rather than attempting to complete the entire task in a one marathon work session, you break it down into smaller pieces using a kitchen timer. If you're like the average person, you probably tend to procrastinate with projects that seem too big to tackle. You put them off until it's do-or-die time, and then you feel like you've sprinted an entire marathon by the time you finish. By using a kitchen timer, though, you can break down the project into short time intervals of focused energy. 25 minutes is the recommended interval for this method. Once you set the kitchen timer, you focus only on one project and nothing else until the timer rings. No phone, no email no social media, only strict focus on the task at hand. Then you take a break. Five minutes is perfect. It's enough time to give your brain a break, but not enough that you get pulled into another distraction. Don't forget to set a timer for this as well. Use this time for a bathroom break, get some water, or a stretch. Once you've completed four or five of these sessions, you take a longer break. Make this one a good 20-30 minute break. Long enough to recharge. Then you begin the process again. So why is the Pomodoro technique so effective? Maintaining focus is one of the most difficult things people struggle with. It's hard to stay focused on deep work tasks when there are so many distractions. Many people are addicted to their cell phone or computer, always checking email, phone calls, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, they're all just a click away. When you're working on the computer, any one of those things has the potential to become a giant rabbit hole that you can't climb out of. I'm guilty of this. I can go on for distracting for an hour and then realize, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be working on this. So, Pomodoro Technique allows you to indulge in these things in short periods and pulls you back into your work when your mini breaks are over. So, why a kitchen timer and not your phone timer? Kitchen timers are small investments. They cost like five bucks. And it's well worth the price to avoid the distractions that exist on your phone. The goal, after all, is to improve productivity and not to provide an additional opportunity to embrace distractions. There are Pomodoro apps, though, on your phone. And if you use one of those, it blocks access to your phone during your work time. It reinforces the need to focus on the task because your phone's just not going to let you go to Facebook. It's one thing to try. Try it out. See if it works for you. There's always other different ways that you can improve productivity. So, step four is making friends with your calendar. Your calendar is something that you may look at every single day when working, but is it a useful tool or do you mostly take it for granted? It's something that's always there and underutilized. So, how to you use your calendar more efficiently? Greater efficiency is an important goal. If often, begins with mastering the fine art of scheduling your day, and that requires you to become acquainted with your calendar. Unfortunately, many people go about the process all wrong and wind up viewing the calendar as more of a stumbling block rather than an efficiency-boosting tool. Here are some pointers to get better results. So, one of the suggestions is to use one calendar. So, one calendar for your personal and professional appointments to-do lists. If you try to keep separate calendars for business and personal appointments, one or the other of them will eventually become a tool of frustration. Use a calendar that syncs with all your devices, so you never need to worry about missing an appointment. If you're worried about keeping business and personal appointments separate, you can color code them. In things like Google Calendar, it allows you to sync calendars with your family members or team members, so everyone has access to others' schedule. So this is important for when, say, you're a band, and if you have a connection with all everyone's calendar, then you always know, well, who's responsible for picking up the equipment for the show, or who's responsible for dropping off promotion material at the venue. It helps keep you on track and it lets you know that someone else is taking care of something. So, Record appointments immediately. Don't wait to record it. Waiting increases the odds that you'll forget a key detail about the appointment. Or forget to record the information altogether. Schedule work time too. Sometimes you simply have to pencil in time to get your work done. Otherwise, you might get lost in your creative world with little time left over to work on the business of your art. Pencil in blocks of time each day to focus on work. Take advantage of peak energy time for work and utilize lower energy time for meetings whenever possible so your best hours aren't wasted. You can also make your calendar public, especially when you are working on a team. You can see what hours someone has blocked off for their productivity time, and then what hours they have free for appointments, and then there'll be fewer conflicting events. Sometimes a tool as simple as a calendar can help you establish boundaries, keep your schedule in check, and boost personal productivity and job performance. So with calendars, it's important to understand what works for you. Are you a paper and pen person or digital? Are you a visual learner who needs to see their day laid out in front of them? Are you goal-oriented and need a lot of room for jotting down notes and writing down goals? Do you need to see the next steps of your action plan or a list to prevent getting distracted from your tasks? Are you a critical thinker who doesn't care about decorations and details? You just need a list of what needs to be done. So for myself, I do digital calendar Google for the big events so that I get a reminder. But for the most part, I'm a pen and paper person. I need a a written calendar. I need to see the month laid out with highlights of what's happening when. And then sometimes my to-do lists are written down finding the perfect calendar. I I am a pen and person. Pet, <sighs> I'm a pen and paper person. So I I do a lot digitally. I have Google Calendar so for appointments and things that I may forget. So I have it and it sends me a reminder. But for day to day I'm a visual learner and I need to see my calendar laid out and not on a computer, on a piece of paper, on a calendar, and kind of mark down the dates. And then even that's how I plan my week or important things coming up, I need to see it on paper. So the the digital helps me have it on my phone of certain dates, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, can I get back to you on that? It's good to actually not commit to for anything. So I can kind of sometimes say that, oh, if I'm not at home with my paper, I can see on Google Calendar the main things that I have going on. But sometimes it's a reason to kind of postpone making a decision on something because you can say, you know what, I need to get back to you. I need to see my calendar at home to see if I can say yes to what you're asking. So step five is batch your tasks your weeks. Time management masters know that to be truly efficient, batching is where it's at. I know I, this works for me for sure, because I am easily distracted and doing a million different things that it kind of forces me to focus. If I say, okay, for recording the podcast, I'm going to do that Monday. You know, that's the main thing that day. When you're done, then you can move on to other things. Or Thursday is the day that I pick for interviews. And I'll do a few interviews in a row for the podcast. And then maybe other days are dedicated to a certain client, a PR client or coaching client. And I have days and times set out for that as well. So batching works for me. So for artists, you know, you definitely can have your days that you plan on rehearsal or songwriting. You're going to set a certain time aside to get your creativity done, but then you also have to set times and days for getting the business stuff done. The benefits of batching allows you to focus all your attention on one specific task for the day. When you have a permanent rotation of tasks to accomplish within the work week, you'll find that you become quite efficient at each task in a day because you're not distracted by the countless other tasks that must be done as well. Combining this with the Pomodoro technique discussed earlier may be a way to zoom through your day and get things accomplished. So what does it mean to add a theme to your week? Once you have a general productivity flow where you manage various aspects of your business in batches, you can take things forward another step for focusing the time you're not devoting to the batch tasks for the day each day of the week to working towards the goals your theme identifies for you. So, possible themes vary according to the business you're in and the specific goals you're trying to accomplish. But, themes might be Okay, you need to work on a marketing plan. That might be a theme week. Booking shows for your tour or booking auditions. That could be your theme for that week. That's what you concentrate on. Maybe you have a social media marketing week or a week where you're recording your new album. Or maybe a theme week is education, learning, taking online courses workshops. Each of the themes is important for the sake of your business. Once you find a group of themes that benefit your career, you might be wise to create a permanent rotation of themes to see how quickly this focus helps you improve your sales or bookings and grow your income. Productivity is something we all strive for, along with balance. Batching your tasks and theming your weeks helps you find balance in your work while boosting your productivity. Use your calendar to manage your rotation and keep you on track throughout the week as well. Step six is schedule your downtime. Burnout is a very real problem in every profession. No one can work efficiently if they're consistently overworked. Taking regular downtime is essential for keeping pace with the productive schedule and maintaining your creativity and passion for what you do. Downtime restores your passion. It's hard to be passionate about anything when all you feel is exhausted. No matter how much pride you take in watching your business or creativity grow, that excitement can quickly wane when you're having a hard time putting one foot in front of the other. Scheduling downtime helps you keep focus on the reason you chose to create for a living in the first place. Some professionals give 180% to building their businesses only to lose sight of why they started their businesses in the first place. If you ask the average person why he or she went into business, the answer is often a search for freedom. Freedom to have more time with family. Financial freedom. Freedom from being chained to a desk every day. Freedom to pursue multiple passions. freedom. To create your art. Whatever your reason, you probably never envisioned 12 hour workdays without taking breaks or having downtime at all. What you may not realize about downtime is that it's time that's important for your brain to recover, regenerate, and reconnect with your inner creativity. The same creativity that is necessary to help your career grow. Without sufficient downtime each day, you're going to quickly become stagnant, and your career will suffer as a result. Most people understand the importance of vacations and time away for helping you recharge your batteries and get back to work. It's more difficult for people to grasp the concept that it is equally necessary to have moments of reflection during the day. These moments come in the form of regular breaks. That's a lesson I have to work on because I tend to get super focused on things. And especially if I do have a deadline, I will sit there and work straight and forget to eat, forget to take a stretching break. I know I'm definitely guilty of this. And I'm guilty of not following all my advice that I'm giving to you today. But, you know, we all do what we can do. And uh, some of these tips have definitely helped. Sometimes setting a timer to remind myself to, like, get up, take a break, it helps. So getting the downtime you require, the Pomodoro technique, is effective because using the technique forces you to take micro-mini breaks every 25 minutes and longer breaks every two hours. Following the technique forces you to follow through and take regular breaks. How do you plan to work downtime into your daily routine? Try it out and see if your productivity soars. And the last step is review, reconsider, and rework. Like any good system, the system you follow to improve productivity and time management should consistently evolve as your needs change. It is essential to take the time, at least once per year, to determine what's working for you and what's not. Once you've made these key determinations, it's time for you to make changes designed to improve your time management skills and boost personal and professional productivity. While most of the time it's best to focus on the road ahead of you, there are times when you see things more clearly in the rearview mirror than when looking at what's ahead. The time to review your techniques to see what's working is one of those times. Consider all the steps and techniques learned in these lessons. As well as the ones you've developed on your own. To see which ones provide the most results for you. Capitalize on the techniques that deliver time and again. And then also reconsider what does not work. If it's not working for you, it's time to consider shaking things up and making some changes. You don't have to abandon a technique. But examine it closely to see if it's not the best utilization of your resources. You may find there are other techniques for boosting productivity that match your interests and personal style better. They may be worth trying instead of something that currently isn't delivering the desired results. Rework productivity enhancements that aren't comfortable yet. In some cases, you simply need to rework your approach. And make subtle changes designed to boost its potential for enhancing your career. Your current efforts may not be there yet, but you still feel as though you're getting somewhere. Nothing works for every person every time. You may need to tweak, twist, and turn the same techniques that appear to be working for other people to make them your own so they work for you. Make changes, measure results, and don't be afraid to go back to the drawing board if necessary. Boosting productivity is a lifelong effort for many people, including myself. I struggle with this a lot because I'm always doing multiple projects at once and am easily distracted. And part of that is when you are working for yourself. There's endless hours. There's sometimes deadlines are self imposed. So for me, I have found I am a visualizer, I am taking on multiple projects at once and it's helped me to have goals and break down those goals into one year goals, 90 day goals and have a timetable of what you need to get done each week to achieve your goals. So that helps me focus. And having theme weeks or batching days definitely helps me as well. I don't do the pomodoro technique as much as I should. I should do that more often. So for a transcript of this episode, you can visit com slash 009. And uh, I hope you enjoy the episode and continue to subscribe. If you have a chance to rate and review the show, that would be amazing. And join our Facebook group, Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive Facebook group. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers.